Well, welcome to part three of our series on Marriage Matters. I hope that that was not too painfully familiar for some of us uh, to see that in the home. Today, we are talking about marriage as a witness. Uh, we talked in the first week uh, about how marriage is this ministry because on your wedding day, you pledge your life to a sinful person. So you are in, uh, in for a lifetime of ministering to this other, other individual who has their struggles as they are combating sin and doing their best. And so we have to show them lots of grace. And the second part, and by the way, if you missed either the first two, you can catch up on the People of Hope Church teaching podcast on iTunes and other places. You can find that. But in the part two, we talked about romance and, and how romance is actually partnering with God to undo the effects of sin and the effects that it has on your spouse as they go about through life. But today, we're talking about ministry as witness. I want you to think that your marriage can have influence. People are watching your marriage. Did you see in the video what happened at the very end there? Um, that child has been trained by the scorekeeping mom and dad. And here's this child. That's the way they saw it. And guess what? If they grow up that way when they get married, guess how they're going to interact with their spouse? People are watching your marriage. Your kids are watching your marriage. Uh-oh. Your neighbors are watching your marriage. Your non-believing friends are observing your marriage. As a Christ follower, how you do marriage, people are seeing that. Your Christian friends are observing your marriage and the way you treat each other, the way you talk about each other, the way you go through good times and bad times. Your marriage does not just exist in the vacuum of your home. Your marriage is in the public eye. And all kinds of people are observing it. And I want to challenge us today to think about how our marriage says something about God. How it communicates the gospel. Your marriage and my marriage is a witness to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read a good chunk here in Ephesians 5 starting in verse 25 together. Ephesians 5, 25. If you didn't get a chance to bring a copy of the scriptures or have it on your device, you can find it up on the screen and, and follow along with us. But Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25. The Apostle Paul writes these instructions and he says, Wives, excuse me, verse 25, my mistake. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. So right off the bat, we have the Apostle Paul, a leader of the church. We have Holy Scripture saying there is something in marriage that can be compared to the way Jesus loves us. There is something in the relationship between a husband and a wife that can be showing and, and you can see how Jesus has loved the world. Husbands, love your wives, wives as Jesus has loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. And to present her to himself, it says in verse 27, as a radiant church, 
without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. There is a purpose in your salvation. There there are about a hundred of them. At least we could talk about them, but we won't try to do that right now. But there's a purpose in your marriage. And one of the ways that God wants to use your spouse in your life is to sanctify you and to grow you so that you would be more radiant because of your spouse and their ministry in your life, that you would be more radiant because of the way that they treat you and show you love and show you grace because your marriage says something about the gospel. There's something about the husband and wife relationship that is absolutely connected to the way Jesus loves his people. Let's keep reading. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. The call there is that you would not make it all about you, but that you would love your spouse sacrificially, that you would love them with thinking of their interests and thinking of their needs, and as much as you care about yourself, that you would love your spouse and do for them as you would want to have done for you. Verse 29, after all, excuse me, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Another connection of marriage and Christ. You see the fact that Jesus sustains us. Jesus cares for us. Jesus is in an ongoing helping relationship for us. Jesus is interceding for us. Jesus is preparing a place for us. So in your marriage, you are actively working, maintaining, engaged, staying on top of it, being proactive, not coasting, not just taking your spouse for granted, but you are actively engaged in caring for your spouse and caring for your marriage, investing in your relationship, spending the time and taking the care just as Jesus does for us. Verse 30, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Here's that last little link of marriage and Christ, marriage and the gospel. Paul says, I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about husbands and wives, but it's a mystery here. It's a mystery. I'm really talking about Christ and the church. There's something about the husband and wife relationship that speaks to, that is connected to Christ and his people. So your marriage is so much more than your own fulfillment. Your marriage is so much more than cakes and pretty dresses and honeymoons. Your marriage is an absolute testimony to the work of Almighty God through his son Jesus in the life of sinful people. Your marriage is a witness to God and the gospel. Paul uses this interesting phrase here. It's a profound mystery. I've been married 28 years and I still have much to learn. And I'm not even going to try to insert some lame joke there about I'm still trying to figure my wife out. My wife is awesome. My wife is phenomenal. But I haven't 
fully known her yet. I have more to discover, more to enjoy, more to find out about her. I'm excited about the fact that the Lord may give us decades more to enjoy life together. But there are times I don't understand marriage. There are times when I find myself looking like the scorekeeper. Anybody else? There are times when I feel like, well, I did this for her. I'm like, I'm looking for a little, little response, please. And I may not have ever thought it in my mind, but I was sort of doing what I was doing in order to get from her what I was hoping to get from her. Oh, <laughs> I want to follow Jesus, but then sometimes I'm just so sinful in the way I treat my spouse. I don't cheat on her. I don't hit her or abuse her. I don't talk down to her ever. I try to treasure her and spoil her. That is my mission in marriage. But there are days I'm just really bad at it. And I don't know why. And marriage gets complicated. You have all these different seasons. You have those early years, those newlywed years where you're just coasting through and everything is just easy and everything is great. And then kids come along and you're just like, I'm supposed to love you, but I'm so busy right now. And I'm going to try to love you. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. You go through this tunnel of parenting if kids come into your world. And you raise your kids. And you're finding time. You're trying to steal time to get with your spouse. And you're trying to invest. And you're having connections. And you're having joy. And there are good years in there. But they're different years. They're not bad years. They're just different. My wife and I have just recently come through the tunnel of parenting. Our last child is in college. Yeah, it's glorious. We are a people of hope. Parents, I'm giving you hope. I'm giving you hope today, parents. This tunnel. Now, there's a lot that goes with that, but, but there's some, it's different now. Like we're home together in the evenings all the time. We don't have ball, we go to your ball games now. We love that. Marriage is still good, but it's different. It's a profound mystery. Our relationship with God is a little bit like that, isn't it? Paul says somewhere else in the scripture, he says, I am so frustrated (laughs) with this sin that I carry around. The things that I want to do, I don't do those things. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. He's frustrated in some of that. He can't figure out some of that. He knows his own sinful struggles. And I just want to connect all these two, this, this mystery of how God relates to us and this mystery of how we relate to each other as husband and wife. It is a profound mystery, marriage and the gospel. In marriage, you see this picture of two things. And we're going to hang our hat on these two things for the whole rest of our time together in the teaching today. We're going to hang our hat on these two ideas. In the gospel and in marriage, you see sacrificial love. That's the first one. Sacrificial love and lasting commitment. Sacrificial love, and the second one is lasting commitment. You see that in the gospel. You see God gave his son for those who were rebels. God gave his son to pay for those who were guilty. (laughs) 
And then you see lasting commitment. You see God saying to us, if you believe in Jesus, I will be your God and you will be my people. Done. For when you believed, Ephesians 1 says, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. God has given you his Holy Spirit and you are permanently a believer in Christ Jesus if you have put faith in him, if you have been born again. You cannot lose your salvation. You did nothing to earn it. You can do nothing to lose it. It is the kindness of God. It's permanent. Not because you do enough to stay saved. You and I didn't do anything to become saved. We are in this relationship with God by his grace every single day. And the breath you just drew just now in those cool seats you're sitting in is from the grace of God. And the fact that you and I sinned early this morning or last night or one of the days this week or every day this week and yet God allows us to still draw breath is grace. Lasting commitment. Let me bring this down to earth for us just for a moment. If someone treated you the way we sometimes treat God, would you still want to be friends with them? And in the gospel, we see this lasting commitment. Covenant. I will be your God and you will be my people. Period. Not because of you, but because of Jesus. Which is why his is the name above every name. And which is why right now in heaven there is a song blaring with all the angels and the heavenly creatures that says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy to receive glory and honor and blessing, and power, and riches, and wisdom forever and ever. We see in the gospel, sacrificial love, and lasting commitment. And in your marriage, if you can full feel around there, and you got that wedding ring on, in your wedding, wedding ring, if you've got that marriage relationship going on right now, you can see sacrificial love, and lasting commitment. You see both of those things at work all the time. Men, your wives show you sacrificial love by putting up with all of your weirdness. Women, <laughs> your husbands show you sacrificial love all the time by putting up with your delightful weirdness. Sacrificial love, lasting commitment. We don't bail when someone is less than perfect. We don't bail when someone shows their flaws. We don't bail when someone lets us down. We're in this. And we stood up in front of some people one day in pretty clothes with rings. And there was going to be some cake in a little bit. But before the cake and where there were lots of pictures going on, before that all happened, we stood up with a preacher somewhere or with a justice of the peace or with a ship's captain. I don't know where you got married. But you stood up somewhere and you said, I will be your husband and you will be my wife. Lasting commitment. And if death causes us to separate, 
okay. But other than that, I'm in. I'm in. And echo of the gospel. I will be your God. And you will be my people. I will be your husband. And you will be my wife. So be it. Sacrificial love and lasting commitment is the mystery of what Paul is trying to communicate here. I love how Tim Keller puts it. He says, the demands of marriage are overwhelming. We still haven't figured it out. I've been married 28 years. Some of you have been married longer. We're still figuring it out. It's overwhelming. These demands are overwhelming, Keller says. There's so much to do that we don't know where to start. Oh my goodness, I can relate to that. Oh man, I haven't been really proactive today. I don't know if I've told my wife I love her today. I don't know if I've done a kindness for her today. I don't know if I've looked at her and I've thought, how can I make her world easier today? I don't know if I've checked on, on, on our, our different aspects of our relationship. I don't know if I've protected her, provided for her, or led her, or challenged her, or encouraged her today. I need to keep up with all that because I got a big job. I just started to start a church. God led us to start a church. We've been a little bit busy. We got kids spread out. I have a son in Spokane, Washington. I have a son and a daughter in Savannah, Georgia. And I have a son in Waco, Texas. We're, our kids are spread out. We got all kinds of things going on and, and things happening. And, and, I, and sometimes I don't know where to start with all of it. And then there are some days where she's having a rough day. And that changes the angle of how I try to be a good husband. There are some days when she's adjusting to the empty nest. And some days when... I'm trying to figure out how to be a pastor of a church start. And we're not at our best. We haven't figured out this mystery. But through all of that, let's hear the echo of the gospel. Even when you don't have it figured out, husbands. Come strong with sacrificial love and lasting commitment. Even when you don't have it figured out, wives, even when you are exhausted and worn out and everything has been all day long about somebody needing something for you and then this husband comes home and he wants something from you. Even when you don't have it figured out and you don't even know where to start. There's so many things to do in marriage. It's a moving target and we're changing people so we become a moving target in a moving target when you have all that, come strong, wives, of sacrificial love and lasting commitment. This is the mystery that Paul is talking about. Keller says, you don't even know where to start, but listen to Paul. Paul says, start here. Do for your spouse what God did for you in Jesus, and the rest will follow. Listen to that. Do for your spouse what God did for you in Jesus and the rest will follow. Show your husband sacrificial love and lasting commitment. Show your wife 
sacrificial love, and lasting commitment. And I want to say to all the young people in the room here today, part of the reason we're doing this series called Marriage Matters is is that it's 2018, and I need to shout it from the rooftops that marriage is God's invention, and marriage is not old news. It is not old-fashioned. It is still good. It is still important. Young people aspire to be married because it's a profound mystery. It's not just a legal relationship with a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. It is absolutely a declaration to the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where through your relationship, you are giving glory to God of showing sacrificial love and lasting commitment. If you've been married before and that marriage ended for some reason, I don't know what reason that was, or maybe uh, just through tragedy, uh, a spouse was taken from you. Uh, Listen, don't close the door on the opportunity for God to show you love in a fresh way. Don't close the door for God to bring new love and new life into your world so that you might receive sacrificial love and lasting commitment. And so that you might display a huge story of God. Beyond tragedy, I'm now in a new place with a new love. And our relationship isn't perfect, but it's working hard to show sacrificial love and lasting commitment. Marriage still matters. Because it's not just about a status of relationship. It's about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's about the glory of God in the world. Husbands and wives, I encourage you. Let's talk about sacrificial love just with a little more detail. Husbands and wives, I encourage you that you would be glad to give undeserved kindness to each other. That's the sacrificial love. Be glad to give undeserved kindness because when you do, you're acting like Jesus. Don't miss the key phrase there, undeserved. Because we're not scorekeepers, right? We're not looking at the tally and go, let me see if he deserves something. Let, Let me see if she has earned anything this week. Let me see if 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 I owe her something. Let me see if I need to pay her back for some of the kindnesses she's done to me. Nope. We are people of grace, amen? And so we demonstrate that in our marriages and we show undeserved kindness. Be glad to give it and then glory to God. Every husband and wife ought to have this thought, glory to God. I'm in a relationship where I get to receive undeserved kindness. Thank you, thank you, God. (sighs) Because I know me. You know you? Thank you, God, for the undeserved kindness I received from my spouse. I've talked a little bit about how your marriage is a witness, it's an example, and there are people watching. Let me run through four things here about sacrificial love. First of all, your spouse is watching. Your spouse is watching. And when you show them sacrificial love, they see a godly, unconditional love that doesn't keep score. When you show sacrificial love, you show them godly love that doesn't keep score. Number two, your kids are watching. 
And when you show sacrificial love to your spouse, your kids see mutual sacrifice as a path to mutual fulfillment. When you show sacrificial love to your spouse, you're teaching your kids that marriage isn't all about serving self. When you show sacrificial love, you are helping to raise young men and young women who are going around like, I'm going to get me somebody who's just flat out fine. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Attraction is hardwired by God to see the beauty of God in another person who pushes all of your buttons. Hello, yes, ma'am, I'd like to know her. Uh, yes, yes, and amen. Way to go, God. But you're raising them to look beyond that. Do I see the love of Jesus in her? If I put on a ring and pledge my life to her, am I going to receive godly, sacrificial love from her? Because I watched my mom and dad, and they loved each other with grace, with sacrificial love. That's what I saw in my home, and that's what my radar is tuned to right now to look for. I'm looking for sacrificial love because I watched my mom and dad show it all the time. Your kids are watching your non-believing friends are watching. That's the third one. Your non-Christian friends, when you show sacrificial love, they see a living picture of God's love that is a free gift, not based on merit. Hello, that's the gospel. When your non-believing friends get around you as a husband and hear the way you talk about your wife, when they get around you, wives, and hear the way you talk about your husband, when your non-believing friends, and I hope you have non-believing friends, we all ought to be light in the dark world. Amen? If you don't have some non-believing friends, get some. For how will they know if no one tells them? And how can they hear if you're not in their life to tell them? But if you're around them as a Christian couple and they're a non-believing couple and they observe you showing sacrificial love to each other, it is a teaching moment. It is a Holy Spirit moment where they are observing and witnessing love for free. And my goodness, where else but God can you find out? Your marriage is a witness your non-believing friends go. It's not based on scorekeeping. Mm -mm. Here's a guarantee. My husband's going to have good days this month. Here's a guarantee. My husband's going to have bad days this month. I love him. I'm in. So your spouse is watching, your kids are watching, your non-Christian friends are watching for sacrificial love. And then finally here on sacrificial love, your Christian friends, your church friends, people in your community group. If you're not in a community group with people of Hope Church, I hope you'll get in one soon. They can absolutely fill up a missing piece in your life. But you get together with your Christian friends and your, your community group, your Christian friends, when they see you demonstrate sacrificial love, they are inspired for loving their spouse like Jesus. 
You're hanging out with another couple and they know the Lord and you're watching the way they treat each other and it causes you as a husband to go, man, I need to, I need to be a little bit more like that or I need to be a little bit, wives, I need, I need to be a little bit more like her. I need, it, it, you give a witness to sacrificial love and you make other Christian marriages better by the way you show sacrificial love in your own marriage. All right, so that's some detail on sacrificial love about who's watching. Let's talk about some detail on those same groups watching in lasting commitment. Husbands and wives, I'm challenging you and I'm calling you to act in loving, lasting commitment. Choose to love the one you are pledged to. Choose. It's not about feelings. Choose to love the one that God has brought into your life. Love is a choice. Choose to love them in lasting commitment. Have patience with them and honor the covenant relationship. You stood up with them one day and you said, I'll be your husband, you'll be my wife. Keep your vows. For when you do so, you act like God. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people forever and forever. Amen. And husbands and wives, let me say this to you this morning. Honor your vows, especially when your spouse isn't even around. The thought what they don't know won't hurt them is dark and evil and it will destroy your marriage. What they don't know won't hurt them is a lie wooing you into deceit and falsehood. Honor your vow, whether your spouse is in the room, in the house, in the building, next to you or not. So what about those four groups? Your spouse is watching for lasting commitment. And when you demonstrate lasting commitment, your spouse sees patience. And we all could use a little more patience. I, I, I am such a work in progress and I have struggles. Sometimes say what I don't want to say and don't say what I should say and do what I shouldn't do and don't do what I should do, just like you. And I'm so glad to receive patience from my wife. It's an expression of lasting commitment. And when I see that in her, when Stacy loves me with lasting commitment, I not only see patience, but I see endurance. I see Stacy saying, yeah, they're bad days. I'm, I'm still in. I didn't say, Lord, I will marry this person only if every day is like the honeymoon. When she shows me lasting commitment, I, I look at her and I go, man, that's beautiful. Godly endurance. Hanging in through dark days. Waiting for better days. We don't have a lot of dark days. Praise the Lord. But there's plenty that causes her to have to demonstrate lasting commitment. Because sometimes I'm a weasel. Anybody, any other weasels in the room? Your spouse is watching. Guess what? Your kids are watching. And when they see you demonstrate lasting commitment, your kids see you choose to serve your spouse in good times and in bad 
You're teaching your kids that love goes far beyond candles and flowers. You're teaching them a hefty, weighty kind of love. You're teaching them a love that has substance to it, that's not based on fickle feelings. Oh my goodness, we are seeing this generation of young people come up who are so tied to their feelings. I feel like you've offended me. I feel like you've disrespected me. I feel like you don't understand me. I, feel, I don't feel good about you right now. My goodness, their marriages are going to struggle if they live and die by their feelings, won't they? Your kids are watching. And when you choose to love, when you choose to give that marriage every chance, some marriages won't survive. And that's a sermon for another day. But when your kids see you giving it every shot, you're teaching them that's what love looks like. So your spouse is watching, your kids are watching. Guess what? Your, Christ, your non-Christian friends are watching. And when they see you demonstrate lasting commitment, you become a living picture of God's love. Where sin and flaw does not lead to disqualification. Forgiveness and promises kept. That's what they see. And when you show lasting commitment to your spouse, your non-Christian friends, see a little glimpse of who God is. God keeps his promises, true? He honors his word. And when you show lasting commitment to your spouse, your non-Christian friends, see what a Christian is like in adversity. They see you trust in God. And then finally, your Christian friends, your Christian's friends, when they see you show lasting commitment even through difficult days, and let's talk about difficult days for a minute. It may be something way over here in the really hard thing. It, it may be infidelity or unfaithfulness or something really, really huge. It, it, it may be sickness. It may be a, a chronic Dealing with depression, which absolutely colors every aspect of your marriage. And they see you responding with sacrificial love. My goodness, when your Christian friends watch you show lasting commitment, you give them hope. That you can endure tough stuff. Oh, did you see that couple? They, they made it through that. So when we hit a speed bump, we can make it through that. Sacrificial love and lasting commitment. Your marriage is so much more than personal fulfillment. You get a chance to glorify God. You get a chance to speak the gospel. And you get a chance to influence generations of marriages. Someday, some of you will have great-grandchildren who are happy and whole in their loving marriage because it has been passed down to them from you. Some of you grew up in terrible marriage environments or unloving marriage environments or marriage environments where they didn't know how to talk about things or how to show affection or where they didn't serve each other or there was a scorecard or where nobody really gave patience and, and longing. And it's time for you to break the cycle. 
It's time for you to step out in boldness. Well, I don't know if they'll step out in return. That's not sacrificial love. You step out even if your spouse doesn't. Because you're not keeping score. Break the cycle. Just because your mom and dad had a rough marriage doesn't mean you have to have one. You can break that cycle for generations. How are you going to do this? How are you going to show sacrificial love and lasting commitment? Because as the song says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. How are we going to do this? Only in the strength and power of Jesus. One of the blessings of knowing God, according to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, is that you would know the riches of His glorious inheritance and that you would know His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength God exerted when He raised Christ from the dead. And it's for us who believe. You have in your life the Holy Spirit of God. And that is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. You can't, but Christ can through you. So are you on your knees every day for your marriage? Are you in your car calling out to God saying, Lord, I am weak and I am selfish. I didn't need to tell you that. You already knew that. Help me, Lord. Give me the strength. I need the mighty strength. I need the resurrection power of Jesus in my life to be the sacrificial loving husband, to be the lasting committed husband for my bride. You and I can't. Are you abiding in him? Are you in his word? Are you seeking him? Are you dependent on him? Are you, as Paul says elsewhere, keeping in step with the spirit? Are you calling out to God saying, I so want to love my spouse, but I so want to declare the gospel in my marriage. And I can't do it in my own strength. In Christ alone. In Christ alone. He's my hope. He's my strength. Let's pray. As our band is coming up, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? Would you just talk to God about your marriage right now? Talk to God about your marriage. Would you just thank Him for your... My goodness, aren't you glad to get to receive love and commitment? Would you just thank Him? Thank him that your spouse chooses to love you like Jesus. Pray for your spouse right now. Pray for their joy in the Lord. Pray for their joy in the marriage, in the house. Joy in your household. Pray that Jesus would give you his strength so that your spouse feels like you're loving them the way Jesus loves the church.
If your marriage is in trouble, call out to the God who can do anything. Ask Him for wisdom and strength to know the right steps. If you know you need to break the cycle, ask Him for courage. And then finish it with, Lord, I can't, but you can. I am weak. I get so frustrated, Lord. I get so angry, Lord. I get so impatient, Lord. I feel taken for granted. I feel overlooked, Lord. And I don't want to think those thoughts, Lord. I, I want to show grace for free. I can't, Lord, but you can. My hope isn't in me, Lord. It's in Christ alone. So, Lord, refresh our marriage. Restore our marriage. Rebuild our marriage. Take our wonderful marriage to new and incredible places we never thought were possible. We can't, but you can. My hope isn't in me. It's in Christ alone.